I am Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. Legend. Absolute legend. It's a throwaway year for LeBron James. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Get it. Happy trade deadline day, everyone. Welcome to the trade deadline special. I have been a fan of the NBA all my life, and I cannot remember a time where the deadline was this blockbuster and this active. Cooper and I touch on every major trade, winners, losers, and futures. We have a ton of good stuff in here for you, so let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing what's up with you, man. Just just in heaven with all these trades, man. I just love this so much, man. It's incredible. As many of you know by now, James Harden just got traded for Ben Simmons. Uh, The full trade is the Brooklyn Nets received Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks when the 76ers got James Harden and Paul Millsaps. My question to you is, what are your thoughts? Is there a winner or losers? What do the future look like for these two teams? Yeah, the saga finally, or at least hopefully, has ended, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm... I won't I won't pick a winner until the end, but I'll just kind of go into my thoughts on both of this. So as far we'll start with Ben Simmons. Uh, I'm honestly just happy to hopefully we get to see him on the court soon. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been as much as I've, the antics and all this have been kind of obnoxious and whatnot. He's an incredible basketball player. I mean, the Nets just got uh, all in, all NBA type, all defensive team type player right here, um, which I mean. When the big three, I guess we can call it, quote unquote, saying that they only played like 18 games together, when they got together, <laughs> everybody saw their roster and was like, I get they can score with the best of them, but who are they going to defend? Um, well, you just got one of the, the guy that, sh- I, in my opinion, last year got snubbed for a defense player of the year. Um, and not only did you get that, but you have a versatile player. Like he can literally play every position except for shooting guard because obviously you don't want to play a shooting guard but i think honestly i think the nets got really good value here for james harden um especially i mean you and i both love james harden um as a player maybe not the human being but the player um he's just not looked like the mvp james harden um in recent in the recent years since he's been in brooklyn um and we just also haven't seen them all play together, so we could have we can always just say what if with this. But um, I thought they got incredible value. You got a starting center in Andre Drummond when you were starting Kessler Edwards, so that's a complete victory in my opinion. Um, and then you got Seth Curry, who can fill in perfectly for Joe Harris, who hasn't been playing all year. Um, so in my opinion, and you got two first round picks um, when you literally have zero first round picks because of the previous James Harden trade. So I think the Brooklyn Nets did a really, really solid job here because you can have a lineup looking like Kyrie Irving in away games, um, in away games, obviously Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry, then at your forward positions, Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, and then Andre Drummond. Um, and you and I both know Andre Drummond can get you 2020. Um, I mean, he was an all NBA third team, if I can remember correctly, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really think they did a solid job because you and me, you and me both were saying that we thought one of their biggest issues was their lack of depth. Like other than their top three players, you have, uh, 
80-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge, <laughs> an 80-year-old Blake Griffin. And they traded Paul Millsap today, thank, thank the Lord. But, I mean, they were just very old. And you you were really like, if they don't have their three guys, I'd, I'd, I'd take any team over them in, the, in a playoff series. So I really think they did a solid job here. As far as uh, Philadelphia goes, um, Paul Millsap's a serviceable backup center. Um, I'll start with him. So losing Drummond, you lost your backup center who could fill in incredibly when and if jo- Joel Embiid went out. Um and you and I were both saying uh, it'd be a shame to lose the MVP type season that J- Joel Embiid is having by not having that other All NBA type player. And I mean, they got one. I'm just curious to see how James Harden and him work together. Um, I think it can work. I think their pick and roll and pick and pop game might be one of the scariest things to watch in basketball. Um, I'll just be interested to see how it plays out in sh- down the stretch uh, scenarios. Um, all in all, I, it's, we knew this trade was coming and I'm glad it came. Um, I'm just interested to see how it plays out more on the 76er side than the Brooklyn side. Because Brooklyn, there's so many question marks around health and then uh, if you can get Kyrie to even play. But I, th- I think they got a really good basketball player and I'm excited to see Ben Simmons play again and just glad this fiasco's over. Um, and I mean... You, Brooklyn's in the eighth seed at the moment, um, so you have a guy that can at least play every game. Where while Kevin Durant's out and while uh, Kyrie can only play uh, so many with being only away games, so I'll be interested to see how they play out. But honestly, this will be a time will tell sort of a trade, um, in my opinion. I'll be interested to see if it hurts or helps Joel Embiid. Um, but I mean, heck. Uh, James Harden with centers has done a number. I mean, he's the reason that Clint Capella got paid $20 million or something outrageous like that. So um, I know he can play well, and I really do think if they focus on the pick and pop and the pick and roll game and then, of course, allow them to go ISO individually, I think they can be really good. But um, I I also – a different player that not many people are talking about, I I feel like this hurts Tyrese Maxey the most. Um, for the 76ers and I know you and I are both super high on that guy mm-hmm. um, he's an incredible basketball player it'll just I think it takes the ball out of his hand a lot more um, oh, and yeah. forces him to, it, honestly if he if I was him I'd prefer to be like the sixth man while both of those two go out of the game um, and that way it allows me to flourish with the ball in my hand and I can control the offense because um, you know good and well James Harden or Joel is going to be with the ball in their hand oh, yeah. Um but honestly, I'm excited to see these two teams play. I love trade deadline mostly because you get almost 30 new teams to watch. And so it's like the beginning of the season all over again. Um, exactly. So I'm, I'm really pumped for that one. But if I had to pick a winner, I think I'd go Brooklyn, but it's it's close. Um, it's not like somebody blew somebody out of the water. Like if I was grading it, I would honestly say like probably B and B plus or B, B minus, like somewhere in that range. Like, I mean, it'd be neck and neck. Um, I don't think either team lost value, and I don't think either team gained significantly more value than the other team. If that makes sense. But that's that was those are my initial thoughts. You never know; I could think really different about it tomorrow um, or after right. I see them play. But uh, I'll be—I'm really excited to see both of these teams play. 
um, with their new players. Yeah, I am too. And this is a rare, you know, star for star trade where I feel like it was great for both teams. Because usually when, you know, blockbuster trades like this happen, it's one team selling and the other team, you know, going in win now mode. It's not, you know, lateral. And I feel like these are two good teams that made two good moves and are better because of this trade. Um, My first reaction was... You know, 76ers keep Maxi and the Nets keep Patty Mills, which I think is huge for both of those teams because those were names swirling in that. I think that's good for both teams. Um, I think Thibel. it's. Yeah, and Thibel as well. Um, I think these two teams, uh, they're on different trajectories now. Uh, 76ers are going to be good this year because of this trade. They're going to be good this year. They can throw Harden in with Embiid and be just fine. The Nets, I think their trajectory is more looking like a title contender next year because, I mean, Kevin Durant's going to be coming off an injury. Uh, Simmons, his agents already said it's going to take him a minute to get acclimated, so it could be a couple weeks or more for him until we see him. Um, And Kyrie Irving can still play away games. Who knows? Maybe that rule changes next year when they're making a run. But I think 76ers, I think it's win now, win this year or the next and Nets, I think it's good for, you know, the coming years, you know, the next one, two, three years. I think they're going to be very good as well. Um, and the inevitable, we all want to see a playoff series between these two teams. That'd be absolutely, you know, yes. amazing. Give me, give me seven games of this. I can't wait to see Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid play on the same court. Yes, yes, I completely agree. And I saw uh, we're going to play around with some potential lineups now. But these are the potential starting fives that um, I saw today. So for the Nets, we got Kyrie, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and LaMarcus Aldridge. For the 76ers, we got James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. And would you leave it like that, or would you change anything when it comes to those? So you said James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel? Mm-hmm. If all right, if I'm if I'm Doc Rivers, I would go uh, j- probably James Harden at the point guard, Danny Green at the shooting guard, Thibel at the small forward. Just because if I'm thinking ahead, most teams are going to have their best player in the starting lineup, and I'd want my best defender guarding them, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't take I wouldn't take Thibel out of the starting lineup, and then that way it allows Maxi to do exactly like I kind of want him to do and flourish into that six man come off the bench get buckets that. facilitate the offense so if i was making a change on that one i'd do that um i absolutely and love then that the nets you might have to repeat that one i i totally kind of zoned out <laughs> i'm just gonna because i i love your thought about maxi so much i didn't even think of that that six man is perfect it would be like a tyler hero in miami just yeah. just a heater off the bench but exactly. i mean a guy that's you know a starter borderline all-star coming off the bench that would be incredible. Exactly. that's that's great i, I think i would i prefer him to be your sixth man as opposed to um being the guy that isn't i i just i feel like he'd be swallowed up in that starting lineup um, i i agree um with the nets i said uh kyrie seth curry kevin durant ben simmons at the four and aldridge at the five no, no. Um, I, I I like the. I, I would rather have Lamarcus coming off the bench. I I just don't think. I'd rather Drummond 
hundred percent over Lamarcus Aldridge. Not not to not to throw shade on Lamarcus because I do like Lamarcus Aldridge, but I think you need a veteran kind of in that back or in the second unit. Which knowing Steve Nash, the way he's done it is nine times out of ten he'll take one out like at the six minute mark in the first quarter and then when he takes the other two out he puts him back in to run the other unit sort of a thing so he always has one of his three on the court but Mm -hmm. I think as far as like for defensive purposes and rebounding purposes I'd prefer Drummond to start I think I think a lineup of uh, Irving Curry Ben Simmons Durant and Drummond now granted we probably won't see that for a a little bit um, right Due to injury, and then of course getting back into game shape. But um, my only thinking with the uh, Drummond thing is, if you have Simmons and Drummond playing alongside each other in that front court, I mean, their guys are just going to sit in the paint because neither one of them can shoot more than three feet away from the basket. Yeah. Now that you say that, the spacing spacing would be significantly better with um, with Lamarcus out there. So I, I in that in that logistic. Now that you say that, I'm. I agree because you know me. I think defense first, so I was always I was just thinking there. more along the rebounding and that side of it. But that makes more sense. To, to Drummond's to great like, for them. I I I love that pickup. I I think that was an underrated pickup, honestly. Because when I when the, when it first dropped, I think Shams just mentioned it was Benson and Seth Curry, um, and un, undisclosed picks for James Harden. They didn't even mention anybody else. And so when I saw Drummond. I was like, whoa, especially for just Paul Millsap, like incredible value. But also if you're, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, like I know I, I said, I thought it was good value. You also gave up like a zillion and a half pick swaps to the Houston Rockets. So, I mean, granted you get a, what has been Simmons 24, 25, um, 25. Yep. Yeah. You get a 25 year old, all NBA, all defensive type player, uh, who's 25 and you have him locked up for the next five years if i remember or four years something like that something outrageous because i know he has a long contract um and you got a starting a starting caliber center who's been an all nba player and you got seth curry who's lethal top 10 three-point shooter i could probably be i could probably push it even closer to five at the moment right now in the league i mean he's having one of the best years of his career so i mean they got incredible value and I, i'll be like i 100 percent like what you said about i think this allows philadelphia to be a win now championship now mode and, and the brooklyn can be a maybe not this year due to injuries and just the surrounding issues with Kyrie and the vaccination and stuff like that they could be definitely a win next year sort of thing. So I like what you said in that in that aspect. Yeah, and I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here with two things with the 76ers. Everybody's super high on them, and, you know, it's hard not to be. But um, let's just say that they go with the starting five that you said. You know, Maxi coming off as a six-man, I really love that. Um, so this is the 76ers bench, and this to me is um, – may be a problem if injuries come in the playoffs. This is their bench right now. Tyrese Maxey, Furkin Korkmaz, Georges Niang, Jaden Springer, Shake Milton, Paul Millsap, Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed, and Charles Bassey. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it puts a real emphasis on health for them and, and Embiid, a star that you know has a track record of 
not being healthy. Harden's had the hamstring issues. It's if they stay together, they'll be fine. But then again, we were saying that a year ago about the Nets. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, because I mean, you, you're running. You got Maxi. You got Joel. You got Harden, Green, uh, Tobias Harris, and then. I don't even know if Shake Milton's playing at the moment. I'm pretty sure he's been injured a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Your bench is really going to be Corkmoss, Maxi, if if they do, like I was saying, um, and uh, um, Blank. Yeah. Oh, and Millsap. Yang. So that I mean, you're running an eight yeah Millsap I mean, and the Yang. Yeah, so I mean, eight to nine man, like in the playoffs. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> I was listening to the Vernon show, of course, today, and they were talking about how Toronto has, like, the most players leading the league in minutes per game because they're playing every game like it's a playoff game. And, you know, you just can't sustain that for a year. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't sustain having four guys average, like, 38 to 42 minutes a game. Like, that's just not plausible. So, hopefully you see guys. I know Philadelphia is really high on the guys like Paul Reed and Charles Bassey and Isaiah Joe, and they've gotten some run recently. So maybe if they can just get like, you know, not even, I'm not saying like get 20 minutes out of these guys, but if you can get 10, five to 15 minutes a game out of these guys, just to give some other guys some rest or maybe even nights off, like that sort of thing. Um, but then I say that also, and you're, you're looking at the standings in the East and lose one game and you're dropping like eight spots i mean it's it's so tight in the east race right now so i think it's plausible to run an eight to nine man rotation uh but it's just gonna that's just weighs on your durability um it increases the chances of getting injured and increases uh i mean we were just me and you were talking about it with desmond bain uh why he was missing all these shots he's missing them short which means his legs are tired um, mm-hmm. which I mean that can play a major factor if you're not being able to shoot shots um, and your legs are tired and you're a step slower I mean that, that does play a really really key option so I mean you know we still have the buyout market to come so I'd be interested to see if they become one of the teams that um, maybe pursues like a vet um, in the buyout market or something to that effect yeah that's a good point I think they will and Everyone knows how you and I feel about Simmons and, you know, what we think about him sitting out for the past year. Uh, but we're going <laughs> to we're going to spread that a little bit with James Harden, too. OK, so these are the all stars James Harden has played with in his career. Chris Paul, Kevin Durant on two different occasions, Dwight Howard in his prime, nonetheless. Russell Westbrook on two different occasions and Kyrie Irving. He has James Harden has no championships to show with playing with multiple time All Stars. If you were to combine them, it'd be probably over 25 time All Stars between all of the names I just named. Um, what did this do for Harden's legacy? He's forced his way out now twice in two consecutive years, and you know we've we've bashed Simmons. But in my opinion, Harden may even deserve it just as much because he loafed and showed up fat in training camp in Houston. And now he's, you know, halfway through a season in Brooklyn and he did the same thing. Yeah, honestly, in my personal opinion, I mean, I know I mentioned 
just a second ago. I love James Harden the player. Like, don't get me wrong. He's an incredible basketball player. You cannot deny how good of a basketball player he, sure. he, he has been. Um, he's definitely, and I'm not going to put the term locker room cancer, but I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's been the alpha dog, and some people like it, and some people work with it, and some people just don't. Um, I... You know, you mentioned all those people, and it's crazy. I mean, and don't get me wrong. It's not like they were healthy all year at every single stop. But, I mean, I remember James Harden was a six-man in OKC at the beginning of his career with Kevin Durant and James Ern and Russell Westbrook. And they had Sergi Baca when he was Sergi Baca. Like, I mean, that team was lethal. The fact that they couldn't do it was insane. Um, and the crazy thing about that team is – all three of those cornerstones won an MVP in the league. All yep. three of them. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they have the, and that's all they can say. Um, yep. It's, I, I think, I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy. You think about it. James Harden has an obviously a Hall of Fame ballot. Like, I mean, let's, let's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's, if we're talking about the player, he has a Hall of Fame ballot. But then you also, it's one of those things. Will people be really excited to see you go in or will they be like, I couldn't stand that dude? Um, and I mean, that's just more his character and stuff like that. But I mean, when you look at it, everybody was bashing Simmons. But I mean, if you look on the other side of it, James Harden just literally a year ago was, like you said, he showed up way out of shape, was literally just playing like he was not like he didn't even care about basketball. And people were literally bringing into question, does he even care about basketball anymore? Um, and so I just, I just think they're. Obviously, you he he has the ability to leave in the offseason. Um, but I think he really needs to like actually get his priorities in check and figure out where he actually wants to end up. But I think if he settles in and he works well with um, Andre or not Andre Drummond, if he works well with Joel um, and Doc Rivers and them, and they succeed, um, which I mean the goal is to win a championship uh, for I mean all thirty teams is crazy as it sounds their goal every year is to win a championship so um i i think his narrative right now is a little skewed because of what he's been doing um but i think if he if he really settles in and they focus in on winning a championship this year and not wasting the mvp season that joel's having and they work really well together and he makes a career like it makes like a because I mean, if he, James Harden's what, 32, 33? I don't know how old he is. I think, he, if, yeah, if I he think make, he's 31, 32. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you make a back half of your career matter and you, you're not just the guy that had really incredible stats and played with all these people, nine time All Star, uh, two time MVP, like all this stuff, if you change the narrative and you become like an incredible teammate and all this stuff and you compete for championships year in, year out. I think your narrative can be changed. But like, I mean, like you said, people are bashing on uh, Ben Simmons every chance they can get. But um, you also got to think about the, like you just said, I mean, he's done it too. So can't you bring one blame? Yeah. And this is the last I'm going to say about Harden. Um, I'm just going to put a bow on it. Just a couple weeks ago, they had a West Coast road trip. Uh, They played in Denver on a Sunday night and, Harden had shown up late to practice for two weeks leading up to this, 
And Sunday, they were afraid that he was going to be late to the game, actually, because he was out in Vegas that Saturday night. And as we know, there's no NBA team in Vegas. We know what he was doing in Vegas. And and flew up to Denver and was late uh, walking into the stadium that night. And also, following that fiasco, that very next week, he played 37 minutes in Sacramento against an absolute abysmal Kings team and had four points. Are you telling me the greatest, one of the greatest scores in NBA history? One of the, he was on the top 75 list that came out this year of NBA basketball players. If he was giving his best, he give he gives you four points against the Sacramento Kings. It's just stuff like that. His track record has it's just keeps going downhill. And I believe he's gonna play motivated uh in Philly for the first few months, but the minute something gets hard with Harden, he wants to run from it. And I, I just hate that because uh this 76ers team has been so one of the best stories in the league this year. You know, they've rallied around not having Simmons and Maxi has shown out and Embiid's having the greatest season of his career. And I just hope, I hope, I hope, I hope he does not ruin it because they have a real shot to win a title this year. 100%. I couldn't have said it better. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely, he's definitely going to have to, I mean, I know, I know we're talking about a 32 year old here, but he's definitely going to have to mature in the way that, like you just said, you can't, you can't cave when everything gets hard. Um, yeah. And I think that's an incredible way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, final thing with this conversation, we, we've talked about Harden extensively. Um, Simmons ends up getting what he wants. Uh, in my opinion, there's not really a better fit in the NBA. And, you know, what I'm going to say about Ben Simmons is if it does not work here in Brooklyn, it will not work anywhere for him. Uh, there's really not a better situation for him. Uh, I 100% agree. CJ McCollum on his way to New Orleans. Now, this did happen earlier in the week on Tuesday, but it was still a major trade on this deadline. Uh, the full trade is the Portland Trailblazers received Josh Hart, Thomas Sadaransky, who they've already traded, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who they've already traded, DD Lozada, a first round pick, and two second round picks in return for the Pelicans getting CJ mccullum larry nance and tony snow uh what's your winners and losers on this and what's your opinion on these two teams um really don't know what portland is doing um uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay all right I, i'm sorry to interrupt but you say you saying that i swear to god bro the first thing i have written down on my notes of this is blazers double down on their full-on punt of, of this like season. This, I, I'll get into it if we talk winners and losers. Um, yeah. But I'll just go ahead and preface this. The Portland Trailblazers are a massive, massive, and I mean massive loser. Um, <laughs> don't, like, don't, and don't take this as me saying, uh, which technically now I can't even say that. You got Nikhil Alexander Walker out of this, and I thought he was the best piece that yeah. they got. Um, because he's 22 years old, I think. Um, really young, and still has a ton of developing to do. And you never know what he could be. Um, the dude is literally 20. Uh, he's 23. Okay, but still, you, you this guy has a limit for this guy. But then he gets shipped to. Um, uh, I can't even remember where he went. Oh, he's on our favorite team, the Utah Jazz now. Um, he got shipped later today to the Jazz and so I'm like what in the world were the 
Trailblazers want none of this. I'm sorry. Josh Hart is an incredible role player, but he's not the guy that's going to keep um, Damian Lillard in Portland. Because mm-hmm. my thought in this whole thing was, uh, obviously, they weren't, they knew that the course had been run with the, the C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard uh, combination. They knew it, the course had been run. They had incredible moments, but they were never going to succeed and win the championship. Um, they were always going to compete and always be a playoff team. But at the end of the day, like I already mentioned, every all 30 teams, their goal at the end of the season is to be hosting the Larry O'Brien. And when you know that you're just going to be a solid playoff contender um, and you realize that you focus on one player that you want to build around, how about we build around him and potentially get something for him? Like, I get that all the reports are saying, oh, they're opening up a great amount of cap space. Who's going to come to Portland? Yeah. Like, like you and I both know, as much as we love our Memphis Grizzlies, we are a small market. We're not getting the LeBron James' of the world. Um, their, their destination spot is not Memphis or Portland. Um, so I just think that's a crock of crap that you're telling me we're opening up so much money for him to get his star in the free agency. I just don't see it happening. Unless, um, I mean, granted, I'm going to say this, and then he's going to pair up with, like, four and I'm going to look like an absolute idiot. But, I mean, it's it's Portland. You, you, you really have to draft really well, and you have to make smart trades. And I just don't – you got a horrific value for CJ McCollum. Um, and that's that's – I mean, and we won't even get into the one where they traded for Justice Winslow. Like, my word. What are you, and, honestly, Justice Winslow had his best game of the season – uh, his first game against the uh, Lakers, I think. I think it was the Lakers. Um, he had a really solid game, and I was like, "All right, Justice Winslow is going to revive his career, and that's what's going to keep Damian Lillard to say." Um, but I also thought the Norman Powell thing. I know you didn't ask me about this one, but while I'm on the Trailblazers, you traded Norman Powell, a guy you traded Gary Trent, who's having an incredible season. And it, it was a giveaway. Pick. Yeah, you literally traded. A first-round pick and Gary Trent, who are both looking a lot better than what you got for Norman Powell. You literally got Justice Winslow, um, Eric Bledsoe, and um, shoot, I don't even remember who the other player was because that's how like irrelevant the, the trade was for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. I just, I um, granted, there are always times in the NBA where you scratch your head and you're like, I don't know what they're thinking, and then you know it always. They can always come back from it and prove everybody wrong. So we'll see. Um, but I definitely they they would not get a passing grade from me in this in this trade. So they're definitely the loser of this one. Kudos yeah. to the to the Pelicans though. Um, I really thought you were gonna have to give up Jackson Hayes um, or so. I mean, obviously your youngest and best asset is um, Zion, but I mean. You, you heard the rumors out there that they were like the Zion, uh, Brandon Ingram thing is never going to work. And I, I really thought you were going to have to get rid of Brandon Ingram to make a CJ McCollum trade work, but obviously not. Um, so kudos to them for keeping their core intact. I mean, a lineup of, I don't know who, you, who you're, well, you'll keep Herb Jones and I guess, and you'll let CJ, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, and Zion and Jonas. I mean, that's a, that's four guys that can give you 20, 20 points a night. They aren't defending a, a thing, but I mean, they can be, they can get you some points. But I also just, 
we have to look at this trade in the perspective of um, where New Orleans is in the rankings right now. I mean, um, New Orleans is the 10th seed, so you're really competing to keep the 10th seed and get into that play in, and it's just kind of humorous because, you know, uh, obviously there's a couple teams in this, and the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Kings, and the uh, Spurs who made it. They were probably some of the most active teams other than the Lakers, but they're really competing for that playing game. So it's kind of nice to see that you're not having the the final like four teams in both conferences just tank out the year. And it's not fun basketball, um, but everybody's competing for a spot. So I mean, that's how you kind of have to look at it. And I kind of looked at it as, um, and obviously this isn't groundbreaking news. We're not breaking news here. We're just talking about stuff. But I looked at the CJ McCollum trade as they're like, we think Zion's coming back soon. Um, and we can make a push. Um, and I mean, I'm going to be real. A 10th seed Pelicans team that's in the play-in, and they have a lineup with CJ McCollum, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Jonas. That seems like a team. That sounds like a team that can catch you by surprise. Um, and I think that's an interesting team. Um, but I, I think they win this um, by a wide margin unlike the last trade we talked about I think they win this by by a good good margin I don't think it allows them to be a championship contender by any means um but I think for the value they got just to have two years with CJ because I think that's how many years is left on his contract uh, I think they did a solid job here I agree and they only had to give up one first rounder for him like yeah if I'm the Blazers, I want two or three, um, and I, I don't give a shit about Josh Hart or any of the other players that they traded for. You know, Nikhil Alexander Walker, like you said, is a good piece. But if they're just gonna trade them for what they trade them for in Utah, I mean, why? I'd just ask for two or three first round picks. And because you touched on this a little bit, it's Woj came out and said after this happened, Portland plans to fully reshape the roster around Dame. They've created $60 million in summer cap space. They plan to pursue high-end talent now. And my reaction's the same as yours. But with what? What what the hell are you going to pursue them with? Hey, we got Justice Winslow and Damian Lillard and Eric Bledsoe. Come join us out in Portland. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And Pelicans, I, I think I, I'm with you. I think they want it, but um, I don't think it's going to take them into a different tier. I think even if uh, the lineup you were talking about is healthy, I think if they were healthy the entire year, at most they'd be a six seed at most. And yeah. that's if if they could stay healthy. And my thing is, uh, let's just say, you know, if if they start Devonte Graham, C.J. McCollum. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. Like you said, uh, you know, let's just say Herb Jones is coming off the bench. Devontae Graham's not a defender. CJ McCollum's damn near not a defender. You thought that <laughs> Chris said this. You thought Dame and CJ was bad defensively. Devontae Graham and C and CJ would be even worse. Brandon Ingram cannot play defense. We know Zion cannot play defense. That's what got uh, Stan Van Gundy fired last year. And as a Grizzlies fan, <laughs> We know Jonas is a beast on the offensive end, but defensively, he's just going to get thrown and pick and rolls and get killed. So it's just they could score 140, but can they stop the other team from scoring 140? Yup. 
So I mean, we'll we'll see. I think Pelicans. I think they. I think you're right. They won the trade, but there still is a lot to be solved in Portland. Yeah, and right, we're talking about we're talking about free agents that they're going to pursue this year. All right, let's just the top four free agents: John Wall, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and then sorry, I just saw Zach Levine. So those are your top five. Four of the five have player options. Yeah. And exactly. We just we just talked about how we're pairing. We want to surround the team with around Damian Lillard. So you want to go get another point guard because those are the best players available. I can I I can enjoy a Zach Levine, Damian Lillard. They also aren't going to defend the thing. Um, yeah. But I also I Portland's going to have to prove to me that they know what they're doing for me to be okay with doing what they're doing. I just. I think if everything doesn't go ex- exactly the way it needs to go for them in this offseason, I think you're going to lose game. And even if you're going after Zach Levine or someone in that free agent class, I'd want more assets than one first-round pick for C.J. McCollum. I, I 100% agree. So uh, it just, I don't know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. Well, let's move into... Uh, the third trade we're going to talk about, which is Chris Stapps Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, the full trade is Mavericks receive Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans for uh, the Wizards receiving Chris Stapps Porzingis and a second round pick. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I, I honestly, I didn't even see this trade go through until I like it was like three thirty, and I was like, all right, let's just see kind of. Because you know how all those there's those random trades that always like go in like right at the end of the deadline, and I just I'm scrolling down and I see Chris Hemsworth and I'm like, what in the world? I was like, and then I see it's for Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> Davis Bertans, and I'm like, this has to be the dumbest trade. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I'm like, I I can't even tell you who wins this trade because I think they're both. Because <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I really anticipated Dallas making a trade and like getting better, and then that was gonna be a team that I was super scared of playing in in the playoffs. Now I'm like, you literally just traded your second best player for Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, I yeah. don't get me wrong. Chris Tabs Brzingis is always injured. Um, but I, I think he's a little bit better than both Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, who wasn't even playing for the Wizards. Um, this this was a complete and utter head scratcher. I don't know what either organization is thinking. Um, those are my thoughts. You can probably gear me into some idea of what they're thinking, but when I saw this trade, I was no. I, my jaw was open. <laughs> no, I, I I can't. This is this is all I wrote down for this trade. Weird trade to me because I do not like any of the pieces involved. None of them. Dinwiddie's not the same since tearing his ACL. He's he was not liked by any of his teammates in Washington, and he act 
actively made Bradley Beal worse. Bradley Beal is a person that led the league in scoring up until the final week of the season last year. And guess who he lost to? Stephen Curry. He was averaging damn near 30, and now he just fell off a cliff and uh, averages in the low 20s now. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, he can never be on the freaking court. Him and Luke Porzingis didn't like each other. Yeah, exactly. Him and Luca didn't even, they had, they butted heads. So why I don't get that? Davis Bertans, we talk about Tobias being a bad contract. Dude, he gets paid. His contract is five years, $80 million. He averages five points per game. Five. <laughs> five. $80 million. Five points per game he gives you. He so just like, playing. yeah, like, like what is this for either team? Like what? I, it makes absolutely no sense. I, I literally, when I tell you, I saw it and I was like, "What did that just say?" And I had to double take back on it. And I was like, "Somebody accident." Like I was like, maybe they traded for the wrong player. Like you remember when uh, uh, the Grizzlies had a trade with somebody and they wanted. Uh, Oh, now I'm blanking on it. But they traded for – there was two guys with the same last name and the same first initial. And so mm-hmm. they thought they were getting uh, the, the better player, but the Grizzlies were trading the worst player. And they were like, no, 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 that's not the trade we wanted. And it didn't go through. I really was, like, hoping that they just accidentally said the wrong player. And they were like, my bad. I didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. Like, took it back. Cause this is horrible. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's pathetic. It's uh, – I don't know. I've never seen a trade like I've hated more for both teams. I didn't even think it was possible. It's, but, it's, a, hor- uh, it's a horrible trade. Yeah. Now let's get uh, into our final trade we're going to talk about, um, which, like the Harden-Simmons uh, deal, it's you know you can attack it from a lot of different angles. So uh, Hall- Tyrese Halliburton got traded for DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, the full details are the Kings received DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second-round pick in exchange for the Pacers receiving uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So, Coop, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, when I first saw it, I mean, I was like, I really thought they chose the wrong card. Like the Kings, I was like, I would have traded away De'Aaron Fox instead of um, Halliburton. Um, and don't take that as me thinking uh, De'Aaron Fox is not a good player. I absolutely love De'Aaron Fox, but I thought for who you were getting, Demontis Sabonis would have played better with Tyrese Halliburton. I thought, obviously, DeMontis Sabonis is an incredible pick-and-roll player, and he's an incredible uh, facilitator of the offense, uh, And as is both De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese, but I think as far as a pass-first facilitator type, facilitator type uh, point guard, I thought Tyrese is a little bit better, and I thought Tyrese is a better pick-and-roll player, and I thought him and Sabonis could have really flourished together. But that was my initial thought. And then I kind of took a step back and I was like, this is actually a really solid trade for both teams. Um, Because obviously the Kings are, you're getting the more bona fide player. You're getting Demontis Sabonis, who's a two-time All-Star. And I mean, if you're the Kings, I traded away Tyrese Halliburton, who could be a two-time All-Star, but he might not be. Like, you never know. Um, He's only, I think, 
four years younger than him. Uh, Demonis Sabonis is 25, and I think Tyrese is 21. Um, yeah, he's 20. He's about to turn 22. Uh, he's 21 in 346 days. Shout out to Basketball Reference. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I really, uh, I love Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he's, he was one of my favorite players in the draft that he came out of. Um, and I was super stoked to see him and De'Aaron playing together. I didn't know really how it worked, and obviously the Kings are in kind of that limbo land of, like, we can barely compete for a playoff or play-in spot, so, like, obviously something's got to change. So I knew they were going to split up the backcourt, um, especially after taking Davion Mitchell with your first-round pick in the last year's draft, which I was like, what are you doing? Um, and then, of course, the whole Marvin Bagley debacle, and they got rid of him now. Uh, shout out to the Detroit Pistons. I'm ready to see him average like 50 on a rat team. Um, but I, in all honesty, I really, I really think this is a solid trade for both teams. Because um, obviously, Demontis uh, Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday all played um, in the Kings game. Uh, I don't know if it was the, the, yeah, it was the first game that the Kings had played um, with the new guys um, on Wednesday. And they beat the living crap out of the Timberwolves. Um, put up 132 points on them. Um, and not going to lie, DeMontis Simonis made every single Kings player look incredible. Um, he had 22 points, uh, 14 rebounds, 5 assists, um, 10 to 19 shooting. De'Aaron Fox was running around like a madman but looked incredible super rejuvenated like uh, coming off of his injury 27 points, 2 blocks, 3 assists 8 rebounds on 10 of 20 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3 um, Harrison Barnes had 30 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists 8 of 11 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, 10 of 10 from the free throw line and even Davion Mitchell the guy I just mentioned had 18 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds on 7 of 12 shooting so like and they beat the crap out of a Timberwolves team that both you and I are blown away by. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star again this year. Um, Anthony Edwards is a beast. Um, and, of course, we, we both love D, uh, D. Russell. But um, I, I'm excited to see the Kings. Um, now, granted, by no means am I saying this turns into championship contender Sacramento Kings just with the month of Sabonis. Obviously, they, they have a couple more pieces kind of in place. Really thought we were going to see Rashawn Holmes get traded because I don't – that fit with him and Sabonis, I'm not 100% set, set on. Um, and Rashawn Holmes in the first game only played 12 minutes. Um, so that's an interesting uh, pairing. Um, and I'll be interested to see how they kind of go with that. Um because I think they could use a floor spacer, power forward type uh, to allow De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Bonus to kind of do their thing. Um, but I, I really enjoy this for the Kings. And then um, I'll get into the Pacers um, a little bit later. Uh, but I, I thought both teams did a really solid job. Um, Pacers, it'll be more of a kind of wait and see. Because um, obviously you took the younger players. Um, I thought them getting Buddy Hewitt was a really underrated part because they're one of the like, worst shooting teams in the league. Um, and you just got one of the best three-point shooters in the league at the moment because um, he, sh- he, fling- he gets his FGAs up kind of like our boy DB, um, mm-hmm. who also 
DB was the one that I was talking about the trade in. It was uh, Marshawn Brooks and Dylan Brooks, and they thought we were trading them Dylan Brooks, but it was Marshawn, and so they canceled the trade. Um, but uh, sorry, I, my brain works like this. No, um, you're fine, bro. <laughs> but I, I really like both trades. If I had to pick a winner, I'm going to just go with the Kings at the moment because I know the Kings are fighting for that playing spot. They're trying to break the playoff drought they've had for, I think, 17 years running. Um, I could be a little off on that number, but it's it's been a hot minute since the uh, Sacramento Kings have even been close to the playoffs. Um, so I think just because they're kind of in a let's win a couple more games, be competitive down the stretch, and have a chance to get that play in um, to break our streak, and then they have building pieces with um, Sabonis, uh, Fox, Davion Mitchell. Because um, I let's be real, I love Harrison Barnes, and he's having an incredible season but I don't think he's part of their long term goal um, but I'll end I, I, th- I think they uh, would be my winner just solely on the fact that I, I think they're in kind of a let's compete now we're not going to win it all now obviously but just to get some playoff experience for this squad because De'Aaron Fox has been there his entire career he's the longest tenured king at the moment um, but for the Pacers I, I'm not going to say you're losers because I think both of these teams are winners as opposed to the last trade we just talked about. Yeah. The Dallas Mavericks and the Wizards are hor- horrific losers. Um, yeah. I think both these teams are winners because the Pacers, we knew the Pacers were going to blow up their thing, but they said we don't want to turn into a OKC Houston Rockets rebuild. We mm. just want to retool rather than 100% rebuild. And you couldn't have done a better job at that. So in that aspect, I'll say they also won. But just for the sake of competing and picking a sole winner of the trade, I picked the Kings. Mm. That makes sense. Um, from a Pacers perspective, Woj came out and said after the trade that it would likely have a significant impact on Miles Turner's future with the Pacers. Um, now he gets to play center more often, and he appears thrilled with the idea of playing with Halliburton, which is uh, exciting. I think it's a good trade for Indiana. It, it definitely can be interesting. I also think, like you said, it, it's it's a good trade for uh, the Kings as well. Sabonis and Fox maybe could work. I mean, we'll see. Um, Indiana also gets a lot of assets again, along with their assets from that Levert deal earlier in the week. Uh, I think it's kind of lateral for both teams. I think it's a good change of scenery for these players and it's more of a wait and see and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I don't think it really currently moves a needle for either one of these teams, but uh, I think it's a much needed change of scenery for everyone involved. Yup. All right. So let's get into our final topic which is Cooper what team do you think had the best deadline day excluding the 76ers and the Nets um the Memphis Grizzlies no I'm <laughs> um, they did but shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies y'all did exactly what we both wanted them to do and that was sit put and unless something just came a call and that you couldn't refuse um uh, so I'm, I'm glad they stayed put. We kept that team chemistry at 185. Um, but my team is the team we just talked about. Um, 
I really thought the Indiana Pacers did an incredible job. Um, they said we want to retool, but we don't want to fully commit to a rebuild. Um, we have players like Miles Turner, um, like TJ Warren that we haven't seen since the bubble. Um, and obviously, Demontis Bonus, Karis LeVert, um, and Malcolm Brogdon, who's also injured right now. Um, they didn't want to completely retool, and I thought they did an incredible job of getting an influx of uh, youth um, and assets. Um, I thought they did just an insane job at that. Um, uh, if I could pull up the trades that they made. I My favorite trade, honestly, wasn't even this one. Um, it came a little later, and it was probably a trade that everybody looked at and was like, are you serious? That's the trade you thought was the best one for them. But um, obviously, I just talked about how Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, and TJ Warren, who are three pieces for their future, in my opinion, um, how, how how they're out right now. So obviously, it's it's a little different. But I, my favorite one was them getting Jalen Smith. Um, this is a guy that you and I um, we talked about not too long ago when we were talking about the Phoenix Suns. Um, he stepped in and played center and did a phenomenal job. Um, he, he did a really solid job. He's, in my opinion, he's a, a lot like Miles Turner. Um, it's, it's honestly really nice to pair them together. Um, he's a guy that can stretch the floor, can make some shots, but he's also a really solid uh, rim protector on the other end of the, uh, on the, other end of the court. Um, and he can give you solid minutes, and I think it's nice for him to get out of Phoenix um, to kind of let his wings grow right now because I mean they literally got Jalen Smith who was a top 10 pick for the Suns and a future second round pick for Torrey Craig Torrey Craig that man is like 80 years old and you got a really young lottery pick and a second round pick and then you mentioned the Karis LeVert trade Um, they got an expiring contract in Ricky Rubio a first round pick and two second round picks and one of those second round picks is Houston's pick which will probably be 31, 32, 33 which is basically a late in first round pick um, and then we have already we've already discussed Tyree Tottenberg Buddy Hill Tristan Thompson so I really liked what the Pacers did I think they have a really fun interesting core um, with Halliburton Heald uh, I haven't even mentioned Chris Duarte who's having a really solid rookie campaign um Miles Turner um, and TJ Warren when whenever we get to see him again I really they didn't want to have to compete to a complete and utter rebuild and they didn't do it Um, they retooled and I think they did a solid way of retooling it by getting uh, a a difference between youth picks uh, and some kind of savvy veterans that were not really used correctly in their other homes um so those that'd probably be my biggest winner um i i really just liked what they did i I thought every trade they made was a solid one for them um but i'll definitely be interested to see how it plays out um and then obviously there because most of these trades that we got were kind of um get under the salary cap sort of trades uh, or the luxury tax sorry um, and then, of course, you had the massive one in Ben Simmons. Um, but then another team I'll give a little... They'll be my... Um, obviously, the Grizzlies are a runner-up because I mentioned them, and I have to mention them at least once per time I'm on here. Uh, but 
the Boston Celtics mostly because I love Derek Wyatt and you needed a solid backup point guard who wasn't Dennis Schroeder because Dennis Schroeder has been not worth the contract you gave him this year and they got out of that contract um, for Daniel Tice which doesn't really matter they'll probably waive Daniel Tice um, but they just did it to get under the luxury tax um, but I, I like Derek White's fit with Jalen Brown and uh, um Jason Tatum, sorry, I was blanking on Jay Tatum. Um, but they gave up a, a lot for Derek White. But I, I like the fact that they got under the salary cap or under the luxury tax, and they got a solid point guard, shooting guard uh, in Derek White. Yeah, that was mine. Uh, I think the Celtics had the best day. Uh, they needed a point guard, and they got rid of Josh Richardson, who was a redundancy there, to be honest. And they needed some shooting around JT and Jalen Brown, and they got that in Derek White as well. Um, even if they don't waive Tice, I think that's, you know, it's that's fine to get off Enos Freedom or Cancer, whatever the hell his name is. And uh, – <laughs> The team loved Tano Tyson, who was there. So even if they don't wave him, it's not a bad move either. And they get under the luxury tax, like you said. Uh, um, one of my honorable mentions is the Charlotte Hornets. They needed a big man badly. And they went out and got Montrez Harrell for Tr- Ish Smith, who's actually going to be on his 12th team. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they went out and got Montrez Harrell. They needed a big man, like I said. And Harrell is going to bring tons of energy to the Charlotte team that kind of needs it right now. They're in a bit of like a 500 wall and can't really get out um and they didn't even have to give up pj washington for him so they get to keep pj and montrez i think that's huge for them and they 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 still kept uh mason plumley i believe as well so uh those are my two teams boston and charlotte and pacers that's that's a great one too so those are our best teams and our thoughts on all these major trades that happen of course there were much more trades but um, these were the major ones. These were the fun ones, the the bad ones, the good ones. And those were our thoughts on this. So, Cooper, thank you so much for coming on to this special edition of the Hampton Hoops podcast. I cannot thank you enough. It was so much fun as always. And I hope you have a good night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too. That is a wrap on this year's trade deadline special. Special thanks to Cooper for coming on. Special thanks to all of you for listening. I will be back and better than ever on Monday. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. <laughs>